0: Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You know, I love being a mother and it's actually been the greatest joy of my life to be a mum. So I'm really glad that we have a day to celebrate mothers and a day to really honour them for uh, all of the things that they do every day. And for all of those small unseen sacrifices that mothers make, I really just want to honour you today. And can I encourage you, mothers, that you're actually amazing and that you're doing doing a great job, Um, no matter what the season is with your children right now, whether they're in a great season or are not a great season no matter what your circumstances look like and particularly no matter how you're feeling. You know, I heard a quote many years ago that I've really tried to live by and that quote says that feelings are like children, that we should pay attention to them but we should never let them drive. And so um, today, no matter what you're feeling, uh, so if you feel great or if you feel overwhelmed, God's with you on this journey And you are doing better than you think. And so you can pay attention to those feelings, but don't let them drive you. Don't let those feelings drive you. Let God drive you. Before we go any further today too, I just want to acknowledge that being a mother comes in many forms. Uh, I want to speak to all women. So no matter if you're a biological mother or a spiritual mother or both, there are seasons for both of those. Uh, God has placed in the heart of every woman to be a nurturer, to be a carer, to be a protector and to be an encourager of the children in their lives or the spiritual children in their lives. Um, And so I just want to speak to all of us in that capacity Um, and even even, uh, men who have that opportunity to nurture those around them. This applies to us all today. So on this nurturing and influencing journey, um, it's really good to have to stop and actually have a think, what's the purpose of this? What's what's the bottom line of this? Uh, I'm a bit of a bottom line kind of person. So if on my mothering journey, it's a long journey, but I like to think about what's the goal? What's the bottom line? And the goal for me has always been that our job is to get our children to Jesus. And I can't do that alone. I need help. And we can get help from books or courses. Um, we can get help from lots of sources. Um, but I've found that the best help that we can get is dependence on God. We can get distracted by, by, the, by what the world thinks is the goal. Uh, you know, like education, success, a good job. All of those are good, but they're definitely not the goal. In order to reach our goal, though, we need to live a life of dependence. What does that life of dependence actually look like? Well, how about this? If we see our children like a seed, I have some seeds here, because if you know me well, you know I'm a bit of a prop person. So here's a seed, tiny seed. And in that seed, there's like a lot of unseen work before we see fruit. Proverbs 11.21 says that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. But in the meantime, there's a lot of changing nappies and washing and feeding and cleaning, a lot of praying, a lot of never giving up and repeat. So our daily life is like a constant sacrifice as mothers. For all the gardeners out there, I just want to give us a, a picture of what that looks like. Now, I'm not really a gardener. Uh, So our lovely neighbours have lent me this stick, which is actually a small garden stake. So we have a seed and a small garden stake. Not a very big garden stake, but it has, has a lot of potential here. If I plant this seed, but I don't provide the stake, the seed will just grow wherever life takes it, along the ground, and it won't really have any purpose. But with this stake, it has the power, this stake here, sorry, has the power to bring direction and actually change the whole course of this plant's life. So there's essentially a lot of power in this stake. So if we can see our children like seeds that also need direction, we can also see that as mothers, part of our role is to provide that support stake and that framework for those seeds grow. So just like there's power in this state to shape the plant, there's power in the framework we provide as mothers to shape our children. The support stake that we provide is dependence on God. That's what it looks like. Dependence on God will shape the direction that our children's lives go in. So I've titled my message, The Power of Dependence because it will bring support and direction like nothing else can. I'm so grateful, though, that as I provide this framework and as I bring that direction in my child's life or my friend's life or whoever's life that I'm putting into, I don't just have to depend on my own strength and I don't have to just live with my own weaknesses. I get to be in a relationship that I can depend on. doesn't matter if my children see I'm not perfect, what matters is that they see I'm dependent. Psalm 121 verse 2 says, my help comes from the Lord. doesn't come from books, doesn't come from sources, doesn't come from uh, friends, it comes from the Lord. And what a helper he is. Because we all know that on this journey there are so many cries for help as mothers. For me the power of dependence is revealed in this one statement. More is caught than taught. Our life dependent on God will be caught by our children if they see it in us. It's not just telling them, but it's showing them. He has to be our source of life. Our lives need to reflect dependence on God. And our children learn that in every season, whether it's a good season or a bad season, that our trust, our hope is all in God alone. There's power in this kind of lived out dependence. Susanna Wesley is an inspiring example of a woman whose life reflected dependence. I'd love to be reading her whole story right now and I would encourage you to look that up later. But briefly, Susanna Wesley had 19 children. That's amazing in itself. Ten, Ten of whom died before adulthood, nine in infancy. She experienced a lot of financial struggle in most of her married life she went through the trauma of having two of her family homes burnt to the ground. I can't even imagine, with ten children, losing all of your possessions, losing everything twice. She homeschooled her children, so we all have sympathy for her on that level. But in spite of all of this, her main priority was her daily hour spent praying for each of her children and and in time in the word of God spending time with God. Imagine looking after 10 children, like washing with no washing machine, cooking meals for that many children without microwaves, all of those things that we take for granted, but, she, but still being so dependent on God that you prioritise that hour every day. That's inspiring. What her children saw was a life-giving, God-honouring, dependent relationship, and as a result of it, her children became world changers. They brought revival and they've turned people back to the gospel. So that's the power of a dependent mother. But living a life of dependence is actually a choice. It's a daily choice and we have to make that every day. It's not a natural path to go on, not for most of us anyway. We have our gifts, we have our talents, we often feel like we're doing Okay. So, of course, there are obstacles to that dependence. I want to have a look at just a couple of those obstacles before we just move into what what dependence actually looks like for us. So a couple of the obstacles I want to look at. The first one is self-sufficiency. So that's just going with our own natural strengths, going with our own natural gifts and talents and feeling like, well, I'm, I'm doing okay. But God's heart is for us to daily rely on him and to daily depend on him. Sometimes it's not till we get to the end of ourselves that we do that, but imagine being able to reach for God even when things are going well, even when we're doing great, even when our children are doing great. Imagine living a life where we weren't just thinking about and depending on ourselves. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Children are an inheritance from the Lord. So they're from him. Their personality is God's idea. Their gifts are God's idea and their purpose is his idea. He knows them even better than we do. That's why we need his help, we need his wisdom and we need to not just be relying on ourselves. But God won't give us his help if we don't seek it. He's a filler, God's a filler. So if we make room for him, if we we make room to be dependent on him, then he'll come in and fill those places and and equip us like we need. So the second obstacle that I found to dependence is when we just fall back on raising our children how we were raised. That's good or bad. I I was raised by an amazing mother. She uh, displayed so much of the qualities that I wanted to display myself as a mum. But sometimes good can be the enemy of great. And God's not so much about good and bad as he is about life. He wants us to not just be a good parent, but a life-giving one. One who imparts a life of God into our children. You know, that's easy to say, but what does that mean in our lives? What does that look like? Well, if he's the source of life, then dependence on him brings life. So it will bring life to our children. John 10.10 10 says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. He's a life-giving God, and if we impart that to our children, then it will bring life to them. But that takes a purposeful choice. We have to seek him, and we have to not stay or fall into the habit of just mothering from our past experiences. The third enemy that I've seen on dependence is regret. You know, sometimes we think we'd love a second go at it. I know I have. I have thought often about just have another turn of raising Mitchell. Um, or even at least a second go at a, at a day or a specifically overwhelming hour or even part of a day. Um, we can get to the end of our day and we can feel overwhelmed or we can feel I could have done better, uh, but it's not about regret. I heard a great analogy, though, that says, if I had $86,400 and someone stole $3 or even $300, how much time would I waste worrying about it and not just enjoying the $86,000 I had left? You know, I want to encourage you, mums. We have 86,400 seconds every day with our children. We can't allow those small snippets of time where perhaps we haven't done a great job or we're feeling like we've failed in something. We can't allow that to rob us any more of our time or our input or our thoughts. We need to choose to not dwell there because we're not perfect and that's okay. But we have 86,400 seconds every day. So let's not allow ourselves to regret Let's actually allow ourselves to to experience the joy of the 86,000 perhaps that we did good in. Let's not regret and let's not overthink. But focus on the right thing. We need to focus on the right thing. So we need to lay aside these enemies to our dependence on God. We need to search our hearts and we need to choose daily to resist it that temptation to be self-sufficient, that temptation to regret things and that temptation to focus on or to fall back on old habits and old experiences. So we've looked at the obstacles to dependence but what does it look like to be dependent? What does it mean for us? What we're going to look at is the power that it will bring to our children's lives if we can cultivate this habit and choose daily dependence. John 15.5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, that's dependent on me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And that's the fruit of dependence. And apart from me, without dependence on me, you can do nothing. Dependence on God means that we bear fruit in our own lives and in our children's lives. What a promise that is. I love that promise because it's a promise from God's word for us. If we recognise that without dependence on him though, we can't be vessels for God's direction in our children's lives. Going to be looking at two simple areas of dependence that we have the opportunity to choose today. The first one is dependent prayer. First Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says, Rejoice always, And pray without ceasing or pray continually. Wow, what does that mean? How do I pray continually? I've got so many jobs to do in a day as a mom. I've got so many lists in my head. How do I do that? But that's dependent prayer. When we think about dependence, like our children are dependent on us for everything, um, for their food, for their clothes, for their nurture, you know, whatever they need really within reason, Um, and we do our best with that our children know us they trust us and they share their days with us they share their needs and their life because we're in relationship with them so dependent prayer is not desperate prayer it's not pleading prayer it's not demanding prayer it's trusting based on that relationship of just praying continually And ceaselessly, it means bringing all those moments in our day and going through our day with him. It means choosing to include him, choosing to vent to him and ask for strength. I heard a quote that said, I stopped venting and started praying because I didn't need sympathy, I needed strength. You know, I get it. Sometimes we do need to vent and sometimes we do need some sympathy. But if if it stops there, if if our action actually stops there, then we have no strength for the battle. And, And believe you me, parenting is a battle sometimes. So we need strength for that battle. So the continually, ceaselessly praying means before we get out of bed. It means acknowledging our need for him before I even get out of bed. Father, just help me for what I need for today. Help me to be dependent on you today. In the shower, while we're thinking about our list, and we all have the list, all the things we've got to do when we get out of the shower for our children now. So we all have that, but how about it's taking it a step further and bringing that list to him, asking for his help, asking for wisdom, even in the things that we're good at. Sometimes we can bring all the things that we have a weakness in or struggling with or where, you know, where we're feeling overwhelmed, but how about we bring it all to him, all the, even the things we're great at, even the things that we're organised and doing well in, if we bring them all to him. Because mothering really is a lot of hard work on repeat. But if we can learn to ceaselessly have God in mind, in the mundane, in the overwhelming, but also in the good times, we have a dependence on him, it it will bring much fruit. So that brings me to the second area of dependence, so the secondary one look at is being dependent on his promises. We find those here. This is my this is my stake in the ground. This is my stake, my Bible, that will that my seed will be will be directed by, that this will bring the direction to their lives, not their friends, not what's going on in the world, but this. And so we've got to find those promises that we have to actually be um, purposeful in that firstly though we need to find his promises for us as mothers you know i'm anointed to be a mother what does god say to me i will be with you i'm all you need i'm for you so it's not so much about improving me even in reading the word sometimes we feel like i need to read the word more so i get to be a better mother it's actually not about improving me it's more about depending on him in fact every situation every act of god in our life and our children are an act of God in our life, believe you me, because they're an inheritance from him, every single act of God is designed to increase our dependence on him. Colossians 2 verses 6 to 7 says, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith. So all the promises there, that if we're rooted and if we build up and if we're strengthened for the journey then we're going to be able to provide what our children need. His promises say that he's for me. His promises say that he's with me. His promises say that he's strong when I'm weak. So we have to find them and then declare them, and we have to speak them. It's No use staying in the book. No use us just knowing them. We need to speak and declare his promises. And then we need to find his promises from the word purposefully and declare them over our children. So we don't just pray God bless them, God keep them safe. We want to declare his words over them. We have to declare and trust his promises over them. This actually translates to promises that can change the course of our children's lives. It'll actually change the direction that they're going in. It will be that thing that will change everything. It's the power stake. It's the power stake. Because what I declare is actually God's words. It's not my good idea. It's not my wishful thinking or even the world's opinion. It's actually God's words. And that's powerful. But then we have to do this. We have to choose to trust those promises. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, mum, for at the proper time, trust, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. The power of dependence is that if we stay dependent, if we don't give up, we will see the harvest. Trusting God's promises does not have a time limit. Seven days, seven weeks, Seven years, 70 years. Trust means trust. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. And there comes that again. We're not going to let those feelings drive us. We're going to choose. So I just want to read from uh, the Passion Translation from Romans 15, verse 13. A great promise for mums. Says, now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him along this mothering journey. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance, everything you need to do what He's called you to do and anointed you to do, until you radiate with hope. My prayer today is that. As mums, you would radiate with hope for your children because God's faithful to his promises. My prayer is also that he would help us to live as an example of a life of dependence so that our children would see and rely on him as well. In closing, I know as mothers, sometimes we don't feel like we have any more time or even any more capacity to make the kind of room that dependence on God takes or that we feel like it takes. You know, we, we often feel like we we just don't have anything else to give or to, to do, time to do. So I want to encourage you that simply learning continual prayer or ceaseless praying in the everyday is a great start. And also to encourage you with something I read recently, you may have read it as well, But this is God's heart for you mothers in your journey of dependence. It's actually something written by someone named Jamie Razor. I'm just gonna read this. It's it's very encouraging in that understanding of, of God's heart for mothers. Have you ever noticed how in the scriptures, men are often going up into the mountains to commune with God? Yet, in the scriptures, we hardly ever hear of women going to the mountains And we know why, right? Because the women were busy keeping life going. They couldn't abandon babies, or meals, or homes, or fires, or gardens. And the thousand responsibilities to make the climb into the mountains. I was talking to a friend the other day, saying that as a modern woman, I feel like I'm never free enough from my responsibilities. Never in a quiet enough or holy enough spot To have the type of communion with god that i want her response that's why god comes to women men climb mountains but god comes to women wherever they are at i've been pondering her words and have searched the scriptures to see that god does indeed come to women where they are when they are doing their ordinary everyday work he meets them in the wells where they draw water for their families, in their homes, in their kitchens, in their gardens. It comes to them as they sit beside sick beds, as they give birth, as they care for the elderly, and they perform the necessary mourning and burial rites. Even at the empty tomb, Mary was the first to witness Christ's resurrection. She was there because she was doing the womanly duty of properly preparing his body for burial in these seemingly mundane and ordinary tasks these women of the scriptures found themselves face to face with divinity so if you like me ever bemoan the fact that you don't have as much time to spend with god as you would like remember god comes to women he knows where we are and the burdens we carry he sees us he's with us and if we open our eyes and our hearts we will see him even in the most ordinary places and during the most ordinary tasks. Isn't that powerful to think that God will come to you, he'll meet you. So if you're feeling a little overwhelmed with even just trying to be dependent on God, just know that he comes. As we make that little bit of room for him, he comes. Just before we close, if you don't currently have a relationship with Jesus, let alone a dependent one, I just want to give you that opportunity to do that right now, to just invite him into your heart, to invite him to be part of your life, someone that you can be dependent on as well. So to do that, we just need to simply say in our hearts, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Come and be the Lord of my life. Help me to be dependent on you. Help me to follow you for the rest of my life. And if you've actually done that this morning for the first time we'd really love to hear from you so if you've done that you can get onto our website and uh, just let somebody know and we'll be able to help you a little bit with that journey so god bless you this morning and um happy mother's day thank you for listening to the city church podcast if you enjoyed this message or god worked through you in any way then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city church.net or email us your feedback at infocity at church.net.